Hey, welcome back to Mamas Have Special Needs 2. This is episode 89, Mommy Guilt Part 1, and I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Welcome to the Mamas Have Special Needs 2 podcast, where we are learning to thrive in and enjoy our lives again. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Let's go. Hello, hello, mamas. I hope you're having a good week. We just had finished up our spring break here and it uh, it was a busy week and a not busy week. Like you feel super busy, but you didn't ever accomplish as much as you intended to. This, this year, we had a spring break of staying home and um, trying to put our house together because we just moved, which is super awesome and exciting and also stressful. So not only are our schedules off, but our um, stuff is everywhere, <laughs> and we didn't go anywhere, and that was really, really sad for our kids, especially our oldest son, who was unfortunately much more bored than I was hoping for, and tried to give him a lot of opportunities, but it just didn't quite measure up to what he was imagining, I'm sure. And actually, I'm sure, because he mentioned it. <laughs> Anyway, but we spent the week trying to get moved in and trying to clean our old place and trying to, um, yeah, just get settled and figure out this new house. I feel like every new house I move into has like a personality. I don't know if you feel that before, but it's like you learn the house, you learn its quirks and how to take care of it. And, um, so we have been doing that and discovering that this week. And, um, anyway, So it's been adventurous and stressful, and my poor kids are, um, you know, when you move or do something different, your kids kind of fall apart a little bit emotionally. Things are new. It's it's hard for them, and so we've been doing all those adjustments as well. So anyway, overall, though, it's been a great week, (laughs) a typical week, I think, um, with its ups and downs, and we've had some good ups. We've really enjoyed the new space all of us have and uh you know decorating it moving in making it your own has been super exciting for everybody so that's cool anyway amidst all of this i have been thinking a lot about mommy guilt and today i want to talk about mommy guilt in a more self-discovery kind of way So I don't necessarily have an outline. I don't necessarily have a conclusion or a plan or suggestions right now on how to overcome mommy guilt. I mostly just want to talk about what I'm learning about it, what I'm discovering about it, and kind of peeling back the layers on why mommy guilt is a thing, why it's so pervasive, and why it is so... um, emotional like it it's close to the heart and what I mean by that is when I'm talking to whether it be friends or clients about mommy guilt what I notice is um the emotions tend to surface often and I've noticed this for me too it's either it is um sadness or crying and overwhelm or disappointment and frustration but I do mostly notice sadness, a type of sadness or loss. 
And so I, as I was, I was researching a lot of stuff online and there is actually a lot of things online about mommy guilt and about how to overcome it and things like that. And I I was going through all that, but what I really wanted to dig into was what do I feel guilty about and why do I feel guilty about it? Because it's easy to often talk about, you know, what the what of the guilt you feel, like what is it that makes you feel guilty? And so I went through and I didn't spend a ton of time and yet I still came out. I mean, I probably spent maybe 15 minutes writing down my answers to the question, what do I feel guilty about? And I came out with 17 things in about 15 minutes. So I'm sure that if my typing was faster, I probably could have gotten more things out. But what was fascinating is that it was super easy to identify the things that I was feeling guilty about when it comes to my kids. And so I'll just read some of them here just... um, So hopefully, at least if anyone out there feels like I do, you know, first of all, that you're not alone, right? And second of all, that it's quite common because I have heard these very same things said by people I know. Um, I have read it online and um, I have heard it often from other people. And so it was surprising to me because I wasn't feeling guilty at the moment that I started doing this exercise. And I wasn't necessarily feeling guilty when I was doing it. I think it just really opened my eyes for me to realize, oh my gosh, like I am feeling many of these same things that these other moms are feeling, even though the words I am using are different. Um, So some of the things that I was feeling was uh, I was feeling guilty about um, not homeschooling my oldest child. He goes to school right now. He's very bright. And I think that he would excel so much better and so quick, much quicker if he had personalized tutoring and if I could do that for him and give that to him. Um, I feel guilty that now that we, we have been moving this past month and I have not been doing the therapy program with my two youngest and I have been feeling guilty about that, not providing them with um, all of my kids with really nutritious food, I feel guilty that I haven't already achieved my dreams so that I could be more present with my kids or afford to give them the upbringing that that I want to offer them. I feel guilty that I struggle to be present with my kids. I feel guilty about how much time I waste on social media. I feel guilty that I seem to care more about some of my personal dreams than being with my kids. I feel guilty that I really enjoy being away from my kids and that I don't want to be with them more or more often. I feel guilty about not making more time to connect with them. I feel guilty that I feel so overrun all the time and overwhelmed all the time. I feel guilty that I'm missing out on all the cool things that I could be doing with them um, at all of the stages they're experiencing. I feel guilty that we haven't provided them with all the super cool childhood experiences that I had growing up. I feel guilty that I don't spend as much time and attention on my typically developing child. I feel guilty that I dropped the ball on caring for myself. And I feel slightly guilty 
that I don't feel too guilty about some of the things that I wrote down above. Like I feel guilty, but (laughs) I feel like I don't feel guilty enough. So that one was super interesting. So then what I did is I went through and I answered the question, like, why do I feel guilty about that? And so I numbered the previous ones. And then I went through and I numbered my second list and answered that question. Why do I feel guilty about that? And hopefully you'll be able to piece these together because I'm not going to go through and be like, this one goes to this one goes to this one. But I think that you'll catch the general pattern, which is kind of the point. So why do I feel guilty about some of those things? And here are some of the things that surfaced for me. My eldest son could be so much further ahead, and it's my fault that he's not. They could be so much further ahead, my two youngest, and more developed if I did the program every day and well. They could be healthier. They wouldn't have... um, as many health issues if I fed them better food. They wouldn't have to suffer if I hadn't made mistakes. I let my children down. I should have figured out all of our emotional and financial struggles first, then had kids so that I could give them what they need to flourish and give them the best. I want to give them everything that they need to flourish. I feel like I don't know what to do with them. I don't know the right way to spend time with them that will help them the best. I should be spending that time being present with my kids. I'm missing their lives. I'm missing growing up with them. I think that one is referring to social media. Okay, why am I feeling guilty? A good mom is supposed to care about their kids more than anything. Interesting thought there. I feel like they deserve better. And that I should want to be with them. That I shouldn't have had them unless I want to be with them. I feel like I'm missing their childhood. Like I should be enjoying this more. Now that one's actually an interesting one to me because this one of I feel like I'm um, I feel like I should be enjoying them more. This one actually feels a little bit different to me than the other ones because it feels like. Because it feels more true in a positive way. Like when I'm reading some of these, what I'm noticing is that they feel like they're just communicating that I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And not just I'm not enough, but I'm not enough in a lose-lose situation kind of way. So an easy way to describe this is when a mom is working and she goes to work and she feels guilty that she's at work and not at home with her kids. And then when she's at home, she feels guilty because she's not out earning money. That's a lose-lose situation. Regardless of what you decide to do, whether you decide you're going to go to work or whether you decide you're going to be full-time at home with your kids, you're losing because of how that mommy guilt dynamic is set up. But in this case, with this one, I should be enjoying my kids more. I don't feel like it's a lose-lose. Like, 
for me, and this may not be true for other, for other of you mamas that think this. So you just have to kind of dig into and, and kind of uncover why do I feel like I should be enjoying them more. But for me, when I can turn this thought around and mull it over and really cross examine it, what comes up for me is it would actually be a win situation if I was to learn how to enjoy my time with my kids more. So in that way, if I flip and go on the other side of that thought, I'm not losing. It's not a lose-lose situation. It's I'm losing by not just enjoying my kids for what they presently are and what I presently am with them. Right. And this isn't this doesn't really have anything to do with their developmental level or special needs, because I I see that I struggle with this same thing with my oldest son who who doesn't have special needs. And so it's more about my ability to enjoy my kids than it actually is about being in a lose lose situation and just not being enough at all. So I think that's interesting to point out because there is a space in which guilt serves a productive purpose. And this is that kind of example. When you are thinking about why you're feeling guilty about something and you're able to allow that to surface genuinely where you're not judging yourself because you genuinely don't want to be with your kids or you genuinely don't enjoy them and you have the thought, well, like I should be enjoying them. Not because it's like... Not because it's the right way to be a mother, but because joy is something I want to experience with them. Hopefully that makes sense because it's not about being trapped in guilt because it's a lose-lose. It's about moving forward and developing and learning the skill of enjoying my own life and enjoying the people in it more than I currently am. Okay, so let's keep going. Um... Why do I feel mommy guilt about these things? Um, I have a couple more. It says I should, because I should put my time and energy into prioritizing them and making their childhood beautiful instead of pursuing the things that I want. Um, I have been lazy. A good mother cares about her children enough to do the right thing for them even when she's tired and exhausted. They will not succeed or they will fail as a human if I don't if I don't do these things for them. So one was like feeling like I needed to help them get outside more and get in the sun more. I felt guilty that I wasn't doing that and that they were inside a lot. And so I was feeling, I feel guilty about that. Like they won't succeed and they'll totally fail as a human if they're not outside more. All right. Another one is I'm not capitalizing on his potential and he will not succeed. I would be a better mom which my kids need if I actually followed through on my self-care. I know that I need self-care. I struggle to actually do it well. I feel like I'm letting my children down because I'm not in tip-top shape. I feel more guilt for not taking care of myself. So in a way, it's just better. Okay, this one is about um, how I don't feel like I feel guilty enough about all these things. And what surfaced for me is, um, in a way, it's better to just 
put what energy I have into caring for my kids and avoid the pitfall of more guilt when I fail to take care of myself. I would rather just show up for my kids than spend my energy on myself with no guarantee of a good return. So fascinating. It's so fascinating to dig up your own thoughts and examine them and realize, um, to realize where it's coming from and to realize that some of these thoughts and beliefs that I have about why feeling guilty is the right thing to feel are actually kind of irrational. So for example, my thought that if my kids don't spend a ton more time outside, that they will not succeed in life. And like, in my opinion, being outside is absolutely fabulous for development. It's really, really great to get all those natural textures and um, exposure to the sun and different um, things that nature offers. Not only is it super good, but it's also super easy. Like it's way easier than having a bazillion sensory bins, you know? Uh, But where my thought process wants to go is if you're not outside a ton and your kids aren't enjoying it, like, then they're going to be failures, you know, or if you don't homeschool your child, he will be a failure or um, like, so those ones are are fascinating because it seems to be oriented towards the idea that our job as parents is to help our children succeed in the world. And I believe that's true to a point. You cannot guarantee someone else's success because they have to be the ones to take the actions that make them successful. So speech therapy actually taught me a lot about this. So in order for a child to learn speech, at least this is what I have learned from observing it, is that they need some sort of motivation to use their words and to use language. And so whether so often what the therapist would ask me is what does she like? What does she enjoy? What motivates her? Is it bubbles, food, um, a coat hanger, uh, you know, going outside, something different, something that she wants. And then you can require the use of the language that she has in order to get that thing. Now, what, what I've been told is that it's very difficult to teach child something like speech when they're not motivated by anything and they don't want anything necessarily. They don't have a reason to use their language when the language doesn't get them anything that they want. And that is something that we cannot control. We cannot make our children be motivated. Just like when it comes to cleaning their rooms, right? It's like, it's nice to have a clean room. Clean your room, clean your room. And you're telling them to clean it up, but they have absolutely no motivation to clean it up. They don't know why it's nice. They don't, they don't even notice, you know? And so then you put in place other things that will motivate them in another way because they will lose something they love or they will, you know, you, you, um, you know, or I'll pay you to do it or you know, that we, we start pulling in other things because those are things that motivate them. They're not motivated by a clean room. Like me, at my stage, I'm totally motivated by a clean room. And so I'm willing to do it for that purpose. But I think the heart where the mommy guilt comes in, in this whole scenario, is that we feel a deep sense of responsibility 
for their success, or at least setting them up for it. And we can do the best we can to set them up for success, but we cannot guarantee it and make it happen because we cannot control our kids to that extent. And so I think that one is really difficult because what we tend to do is when we look at where our kids are failing, quote unquote failing in our eyes, we might decide that it's our fault or that if we had been more, more disciplined, more kind, more compassionate, more available, more educated, that we could have somehow made them more successful. That our children could have had a totally different outcome if we had. Now, I'm not saying that those kinds of things are not true, right? That providing opportunities for our children do not influence them and do not set them up for success differently than someone that didn't have those opportunities. But at the same time, look at people in your life, whether that be someone that is famous that you're aware of or someone close to you in your personal circle, look at their life and you can see that kids that have come from, for lack of a better term, terrible circumstances, right? Whether that be a no parents or, um, you know, raised in the foster system or coming from an abusive background or what have you can still be extremely successful. So I've learned a little bit about Tony Robbins and his background, and he is one of those stories. Very rough background, very little support, abuse, Um, You know, he had to pull himself up by the bootstraps and he's the one that carved out his life and made his own success. And then you have people who are born into very wealthy families um, or happen to like win the lottery. And they, according to the American definition of success, are not successful even though they had all of the opportunity in the world to have a head start on being very successful. In that way, sometimes it doesn't matter as much as we think it matters, the opportunities that we provide our kids or what we do or how we influence them. Sometimes it doesn't matter as much as we think. So another huge theme that I noticed in all of this was, I'm just not enough. I'm not enough. I don't focus enough. I don't listen enough. I don't pay attention enough. I'm not present enough. I'm not enjoying it enough. It's just not enough, however you swing it. And by it, I mean me. And that is what I've noticed surfacing through this. And so it's interesting because this week, I tried to pay attention a little bit more to my mom friends, whether they had special, um, whether they had children with special needs or not, and just tried to listen to them. And some of the things that I heard were really parallel to my own, which like a more specific example is I know that my son spends way too much time on electronics and he needs to get outside, but I cannot provide that for him right now. And I just feel so awful that I can't do that for him. Now they, the friend that I heard this from there, um, they're at a tough spot right now. Um, transition 
in their life. And so what she wants to offer her children is just not in her wheelhouse or her capacity to offer right now. And she feels guilty about that. And so that's something that she kind of carries around on a daily basis. And I've noticed that guilt is something that surfaces so often because there are so many triggers around. There's so many opportunities and ways to see how you're not enough and how you're not doing enough and how you wish you could and how you feel like your children would be better off. And I also think that this guilt kind of surfaces from a cultural narrative of what it means to be a good mother and what it means when good mothers show up, meaning when your children are succeeding, then you are a good mother. Then you've done enough. Then you are enough as a mother. And so we look around and we do side-by-side comparisons of what good mothering should look like because their children are succeeding. So if I do what they do, then maybe I'll be, um, I'll finally be a good mother because my kids will be succeeding. Another thing is that we have a lot of scientific articles and books and childhood psychologists and therapists that are publishing all sorts of things about how, you know, this and this is awful for your child or be careful about this or you might damage your child emotionally forever, you know, and then they'll grow up struggling this. Or how about this study that says when you do this to your children when they're younger, they grow up being successful or they grow up being failures. Like there's so many studies that do that are projecting kind of these things into the future. And so you might come across a news article that talks about that study. And then you think about your own child and you go, well, crap, like miss that boat because my child's already grown or my child's already a teenager. Or, you know, I was supposed to have been aware of that and done that when they were an infant you know, and so it's just, there are endless, endless ways to feel completely guilty and compare yourself to not only a societal expectation, but the scientific research. And the interesting thing about scientific research, especially in psychology and especially in parenting, is that it does change and shift often if you just look back a couple of decades, right? Another source of, of mommy guilt that I have noticed is the comparison that we make between our own mothers and our mothering. So it can be something like, my mother wasn't there for me when I was a child, and I don't want that to be the case for my kids. And so you make a concerted effort to be there for your children emotionally. The problem is that we're only human, We're not superhuman and we can't be there for every emotional hardship that our child experiences. So when you have the expectation of I am not going to be my mother and I'm going to offer emotional stability to my children when it wasn't offered to me and then you don't because, you know, I don't know, you had a bad day or you were tired or you were at work or you were out with your girlfriends or you were sleeping or or going to the bathroom, you know, like doing human things and you weren't there and you walk in and you see your child emotionally distraught and then they're angry at you because you weren't there for them or because you don't understand them. Then the guilt sense in of, oh my gosh, I, I'm failing. I wasn't enough. 
I'm not enough. I need to be more. I need to pay attention more. I need to be, ultimately, this narrative starts of like, I need to not be human and flawed so that I can be there for every single moment that my child needs me, you know, so that they don't suffer in any way like me, you know, because my mom wasn't there for me in in XYZ situation. It's interesting because this narrative the narrative is the same, whether it was mom wasn't there for me emotionally, mom wasn't there for me at all because she worked or she did drugs or my mom was abusive or my mom was there all the time and she was a helicopter parent. She never left me alone. I was just hoping that she would send me away or send me to a camp or send me to public school because I could not get away from her and I, and I couldn't, you know, make friends because she kept me home all the time or you know like you just never know like the narrative could switch either way but you'll notice in either situation the narrative that you have about your mom in that situation she loses it's a lose-lose situation for her and I also found that super fascinating as I was thinking about mommy guilt is that Mommy guilt isn't just something that we're making up in our head only. It seems to be to me that there's a dynamic between you and your children and that your children tend to feed into that dynamic. Okay, so when I was doing a little bit of research for uh, mommy guilt, I came across this um, talk show host lady who she was hosting, I don't know, another lady on there. I don't remember her name. But they were talking about mommy guilt and she was sharing some experiences that she had um, growing up and that she she actually had a conversation with her own mother about mommy guilt and was asking her own mother, like, did you ever experience mommy guilt? And if so, what was that like? And her mom was like, yeah, I totally did, you know, because um, I worked. Um, and I remember many morning mornings, you'd be like, mom, please don't go. Please don't go. I don't want you to go. Like, can you just stay home and make some pancakes and we can have breakfast together? And I just miss you when you're gone. And the talk show host's mom was like, I felt super guilty every time you would say that. Um, but I needed to work so that we could make ends meet. You know, we, we, we both needed to work. And, um, the talk show host was like, oh, I had no idea that that was a trigger for so much mommy guilt for you. Um, honestly, I just remember that on the days you didn't work, you made pancakes and I just wanted pancakes for breakfast. Like that's all I wanted for breakfast. So like, so from the child's perspective, they're really not thinking about sending you on a guilt trip necessarily. Um, they're thinking from what's appropriate for their age, which is usually quite self-centered at, at, for kids at that age. And that is developmentally appropriate. And so they're just thinking about what they want at that time, at, at the present moment, right? Because also the concept of time um, and is, can be a little bit difficult for, for children, especially long children or especially young children. And so I thought that was fascinating to hear how what our kids say and what our kids do, how they behave or, or what's happening with them or, or even what they like or dislike can be a source of mommy guilt. And the kids have absolutely no idea that what when they say, I miss you, I wish you were here, I wish you would do this more, that it can be a huge trigger for our mommy guilt. 
mainly because I think we want to offer them the absolute best. And we feel guilty, I guess, that we're just not superhuman and that we can't just offer it all here and now. So I think that's something interesting to keep in mind is that that our children can often be the trigger for guilt and that what they are saying or doing often maybe maybe it doesn't have to be that trigger because our children don't see the long-term picture that we see. They don't tend to notice that mom being away for a little while is actually a good thing. It's okay because they're going to be okay and you're going to be okay because I don't believe that us humans were designed to be together 100% of the time all the time or to need each other in that way. Because imagine if you were there for your kids all the time and everything they needed. How would they learn to be independent? How would they learn to be self-sufficient or resilient? And isn't that really what we want for them in the end is that they can grow up and be as independent as, as is possible for them and to be as resilient as is possible for them to eventually, hopefully, not need us so much. Now you have to look at your own kids and see what that looks like. It looks different for, for every child depending on their ability set. But isn't that what we hope for them? So I think it's interesting that, that much of our guilt can come from, you know, from being away from them too much or giving them too much or giving them too little. It's like we're trying to get it right, but I really don't believe that there's one right way. I think there are many right ways to be a mother. I think that there are many right ways to be a mother because more often than not, our children grow up to be okay. We grew up to be okay. And they will too. And by okay, I mean having the 50-50%, 50 great, 50 not great, flawed human experience. There's no way, even though our mothers gave it their best go, that they were going to raise humans that would essentially be superhumans and not subject to any of the humanness that we all have. And the same goes for us. Our children will still be flawed because of the human condition that we live in, because we're human. And that's not something we're meant to outgrow or outdevelop. It's that human flawed condition that makes growing and developing worth it. So that is what I have for you today, ladies. I'm going to do some more thoughts on this and dig deep into it. And I'll come out with a uh, mommy guilt part two. Let me know your thoughts. This was just more of me kind of processing what I'm learning from myself by digging deep from others that I'm observing and interacting with and from the research I'm doing. I'd be fascinated and super interested to hear your thoughts on the matter. And if this is something you want to hear more about, come and join my Mamas Have Special Needs 2 Facebook group. It is completely free. I do Wednesday lives every night and do interactions and polls in there with the amazing ladies and community that's there and offer more personalized help. So come on in. It's free. What you waiting for? All right. I'll see you next week. 
Take care. Take care.